This is the Land Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Whitetail Properties Real Estate. We're your hosts, Adam Keith. And Matt Dye. This is your weekly resource for habitat management, wildlife management, and recreational real estate. We hope you guys enjoy the show. All right, guys, welcome back to another Land and Legacy podcast. Um, I don't know if this has ever been done before, but we're, we're definitely doing it, Adam. I'm actually on my way to meet you. I'm recording my truck. We're going to meet halfway between the two places where we live, and you're recording through your phone, and so we're probably sitting in the same parking lot at some point finishing up this podcast sitting in two different trucks, but oh well. Life goes Weird. on, yeah. moving and grooving, yeah. trying to accomplish a lot, and um, it, it's it's been... It's been an awesome um, past couple weeks, I think, with all the uh, activity on the annual calendars. Adam, I know you and your wife uh, have been super busy with packaging and shipping and all those things and getting them up on the store. Um, more have been sold today with with the uh, the social media posts. So if you guys are in the blue, make sure you check out on social media the calendars annual ha- uh, habitat calendars but they're going like hotcakes so i just got back from a trip from virginia uh consulting for for three or four days um and coming on the, the heels of that and then you turn around and birthdays and holidays man we're here and then yeah God, christmas is 13 days away consulting season like, yeah and I we know. both have a late muzz iowa tag yep Yep, that's quickly approaching as well. So there's a lot of irons in the fire, but, man, it's a, it's a good time to be alive, and, and uh, it kind of keeps everybody on their toes and just kind of keep your head down and, and grind. But thanks to those, yeah. obviously, who have already ordered, and then uh, thanks to everyone, the inquiries for consulting for 2024 are piling through right now. So um, thank you guys to, to those who have emailed in as well, and we're sifting through and making making our plans for, for 2024. So thank you guys on, on that. But it's been, uh, it's been fantastic. Um, Adam. Yeah, <coughs> a little update on the calendars yeah, for, for everyone that's ordered. We've had a slight, I think the most common question that comes in that something that's out of our hands, and it's, I ordered it. X amount of days ago, and I haven't got to yet. I just want to make sure it's not lost. I'm trying to get it for Christmas, so I'm going to give a pitch that my wife asked that I say. And um, please be patient. The turnaround time, even though you may order it on a Monday, is still about a week. For whatever reason, um, I guess it's because of the holiday rush. Um, <clears throat> this is my opportunity to talk bad about the government-ran uh, postal service, like the U.S. <laughs> Postal Service. But I'm not going to do it. Uh, I'm just going to say they've been a little bit slower than your normal, uh, your normal every other order in the year. Uh, we've had a couple of them get get stuck somewhere, and they finally get there. But the turnaround time is typically five, seven days right now. Um, when you order a calendar, it basically, you know, usually within 24 hours. Um, it's it's out the door or it's it's uh going down the road to the post office headquarters but we're using the third party like i mentioned on other on another podcast so another small business that we drop it off and then they get it delivered at u.s postal service and it goes from there and um 
it's been everything's worked well except for the the, the delay with the u.s postal service so please be patient um, we need those orders in this week if we can that's about our best to guarantee they'll get there before christmas um after next week uh it's anyone's a risky guess. business so, <laughs> Continue to roll those things up and stuff them in tubes and fight the kids off from smashing them before I get them in the tube. So <laughs> uh, it's been a, a really awesome deal to see. No, hundred um, percent. Before before we jump into today's podcast, we'll give a quick shout out to the partners at OnX. Um, guys, this tool is invaluable. I used it so much out in Virginia re-walking farms, revisiting farms, um, checking out the accuracy of the work that landowners had done, and then making plans for new farms and the features that we're able to use every day to communicate with contractors, communicate with landowners. Um, it's such a great tool to be able to plan and make all of that happen. So um, you're going to want to get yourself, even if you're not obviously a consultant and you're just a landowner, Still very, very useful to anybody who uses uh, and, and owns land. So make sure you use the code LEGACY20 on Onyx right. to get a, let's say, a discount on the Elite membership for an Onyx subscription. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of great tools on that Elite membership that you don't get just being... Um, the standard membership so yeah, extra goodies yes and then you know I, I i think that's a big part of what we do is try to make your life more simple when it comes to managing your farm and so that's a big part of the calendar that's just yeah we're trying to simplify what you do on your farm so you are more organized and you have more and therefore you have more success on your farm on x is another tool that's I mean, it, 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 invaluable. Like you, you no. can't put a price on how important it is to have that. Yeah. Uh, for your farm. Definitely, definitely. So, guys, check them out. Get the elite membership. Um, and if you haven't, go ahead th- throw throw a calendar in for for your outdoorsmen and and your family. They they would certainly love it as well. So, um, just appreciate everyone. Um, and, and so, Adam. Let, the, the the thing I I think that's super important this time of the year, that so many hunters and land managers um, get to the point of like, I know their season's still in, and it's pretty much late season. There's exceptions down south; they haven't even experienced the rut, or they're getting ready to to experience their rut. But but for those where the rut has passed or on the backside of it. Late season just seems like this aftermath, like this kind of like, I don't even know what to do. I feel like the deer have, you know, maybe it was an intense gun season. Uh, maybe you're not getting cold weather, but the holidays, the schedules, the, the parties, everything. It's like everything's pulling at your time. And then you start checking your cameras and you're like, oh, oh my gosh, what am I, why was I not hunting? Like you, you come up with all the reasons to not hunt, and then you look at the cameras and you're like, I have no excuses. I Look at all this daylight activity. <laughs> what was I thinking? So many people yeah. miss late season. So many people 
just forget about it. It's almost like this like bygone thing, post post rut, and, and I think that's what it really comes down to is <clears throat> this this almost like two staged or two two types of hunters in the way they <clears throat> approach their their season. Um, and, and I think that we, you know there's stages, right? Two hunters, and I think one of the, the thing that you know where everyone commonly says is like you know. Um, I've killed a lot of young deer. I'm getting to this point, like I'm, I'm maturing, and I and I want to shoot some older age class deer. That's common. But I think another common one that we may not uh, ha- have all put together here is early on in, in deer hunting. It's like I want the rut. Like I, I want I want to just be a part of the rut. I love it. Deer going wild. It's just so much fun. It's high energy. It's all those things. And then you have people who are chasing bigger deer and they don't really like the rut and then they get excited about early season and then they really ramp up again in late season and that's kind of their strategy it's like i, I i'm i'm the bookends i'm the beginning and the late and then there's the other guys the other group the other camp who's like rut or bust hunters if you will and yeah it's, and i really i, I yeah I think go the ahead big difference between those two is when I was a young man, I loved the run, man. Like, we're talking about bucks were on their feet, new deer showing up on camera, a lot more deer moving. It was incredible, right? Like, it's just a roll of the dice, you, man. You, you, you could go hunt public ground and, and, and have a chance at seeing good deer. I mean, one of the largest deer I've ever seen on the hoof was on public ground. And whatever it was. I don't remember exactly the date, but it was early November. Of course. He was chasing, chasing doe. It was 1130 in the morning. He was running right. Out, right out across the uh, CRP, CRP field. You're just like, wow, that's incredible. Like, if you, you can, you can just pick a stand, pin the tail on the donkey, pick a tree, get up it, and it's the rut. You never know what can happen. Yeah, I mean, you're just getting pinch and, points and things happen. And I have now shifted to where the rut to me is like, uh, uh, I, and it kind of reminds me of like, it reminds me a little bit, and this is maybe a terrible analogy, but when you play travel, and Matt, you, you, I don't, you didn't play travel baseball, but I was trying to think if they do this in golf, but you played travel ball. Me and my buddies, we got our hand selected team. We're good. Like, we, we're playing very competitive. We're traveling around. We're playing against some of the best teams that you can play. And it's like, yeah, like, we got a plan in place. We're, we're clicking on all cylinders. And then you play town ball where it's just like they kind of throw the teams together and it all has to be fair. And you're just like, Directly. I, I hate this. I hate this. Like, I don't even know why I do this. And it's just like, that's how I feel in the rut. Like, Oh, it's all awesome. You know, we got a plan in place. It's early season. They're betting on North Slope. So they're betting in these riparian areas. I feel like I got a good idea, a good plan in place. I know the food source. I've got the food sources pinned down. We know where they're going. It's just a matter of if they're going to walk in daylight. Early, uh, we go into mid-October. They're starting to move. You're like, okay, I know I'm starting to really get a good idea. They're still betting in the same areas. Okay, I'm going to get in there. And then the rush just like, he ran three quarters of a mile and got killed by the neighbor, killed three neighbors over. Like, yeah. why was that deer doing that? Yeah. And that neighbor could have been one of those who, I got permission, I'm rolling in during rifle season, I've done no effort, and by golly, I just killed the biggest buck in the neighborhood. And they're like, this is awesome. And you're like, 
This blows. Why? <laughs> I, I, uh, and it's like, you know, I got to share that reel on our page. I think we have maybe, but it's like, uh, what we need to do is Vince Vaughn. What we need to do is get focused. Then he look and stop pointing fingers. Yes, then he yes. looks at the one guy and he goes, you. You're points the Points his finger at him. You. You're a real problem. You're a real, real problem. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, the thing I that it comes down to <clears throat> is that those who prepare with food sources and in a neighborhood, let's say that didn't have many food sources or there's not a lot of competition. You can really strongly influence the deer early when it's a bed to food pattern. And on the flip side, if you have great late season food, cause you've prepped it and, and generally late season food isn't accidental. Like it, it just, you're not going to just, Unless you have a massive bumper crop and you're the only guy in the neighborhood who's got red oak acorns, it's kind of like you got to really kind of prep for some late season food. But those who do, the the push from deer and the transition to that food source can be absolutely incredible. And so, like you have, you if you will, you kind of control some of the influence in that neighborhood where where the rut is this the complete flip side of it. And, and it's yeah. like you don't have hardly any influence. Now, we can do bedding thickets and we can, we can try and, and buffer and have and own the cover, right, which is a great strategy. And we have talked so many podcasts about it, and every plan we do has got that to try and buffer and, and, and help create some, some reason among that chaos. But it still doesn't hold a candle to the influence and the consistency that you can have if you own food early and you hunt it appropriately and it's set up right early and late. And, and so to me, the, the camp that really just despises late season here, Adam, is, is the camp who's come off the rut. They've been grinding. Maybe they don't hold it. You know, they may, maybe they still have a tag. They weren't successful. And they're like, man, forget this. I feel like deer aren't moving. It's not like just this. They're, they could be anywhere and everywhere. It's They've probably just uh, hunkered up and, 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 if you will, just focused around a food source. And if that's not on you during late season, your late season is going to stink. Like, it's not going to be very much fun. But if you own the food... Yeah. And it's secure, maybe it's out of the wind, and you've got great south-facing bedding and all the, the elements that late season you know, should have on a farm. Um, it can be, I mean, the best hunting of the year, period, hands down. Yeah, it could be. You know, there's a, a friend of ours, Seth Harker. He, he's often referred to uh, December as deer Simber. Yeah. Um, for sure. And this is back, you know, when he used to have a lot better, his, his deer population's got too high. And so it's hard for him to get good late season food. But if you can have good late season food, oh, buddy, it could be incredible. I, I think deer get, uh, the only thing that like deer are very, it's interesting about deer during late season. Let's say you get, you know, 20, 30 deer on a, on a food source. They're, they're very edgy. But to yeah. me, the daylight occurrences if you keep it fresh and you don't pressure it and you hunt it right your entry and exit's good you can sit it often and and if you have good weather and it gets cold to me it's just a matter of time you're gonna vision you're gonna see these deer a lot on those food sources speaking of deer i've just about got one Uh uh-oh that's no good um 
Not the not the late season tag feeling we're talking about here, Adam. <laughs> yeah, not the late season <laughs> success I was looking to have. No, no. Um, but but it's it's it literally can just be a matter of, of time. Uh, like you know, they can be that conditioned to specific food sources. I had had the privilege of of hunting Iowa the last couple of years in uh, December. We're getting ready to go back up. Um, but that that type of hunt is like you just you kind of just ride the hole like that. That's where they're feeding foods limited. It's standing grain, sit back and watch and have fun. But if, if that standing grain isn't there, if you didn't plan it, if you didn't, you know, pay for it to, uh, out of, out of your production, your tillable ground, you're, it's, you're not, your late season's not going to be nearly as fruitful and certainly not as consistent. So to me, I feel like Adam, the, Many of the folks that we're talking to, and and so let's say some strategy that we that we try and build around designing farms. <clears throat> Not every farm, you know, it's going to be limited by its size and 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 the attributes that are naturally occurring there within the property boundaries. But if it's a sizable enough track, we're we're trying to to create those uh, scenarios, those hunting opportunities, early and late, because. Generally speaking, if it's approached right by the landowner, that's where they're going to have the most success every single year, going in and going out of season. But it's just like season long, and I feel like so many people just bust out of the gate and just absolutely try and just uh, a lot of damage can be done early, and then they try and pick back up in this like you know hunting day in day out during the rut, and it's like you know. What about late season, guys? What about late? And yeah. generally, it's just missed, completely looked over. To me, you don't have like, you don't have to hunt every single day like you do the rut, because if you just if if you own the food source and you pick the right day, you're watching the weather fronts, you schedule it out, you you can really be super super successful. If you're if you had five hundred acres. And time was just very limited, and you could only hunt five days of the fall. Mm-hmm. And your goal was to punch a mature buck every year. Your best bet would be to wait until late season and hunt them on a food source. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't doubt that or question I mean, that just, either. The, the big gamble is: Am I going to plant enough food plots or have enough food? that's going to be attractive into the late season. So if you only plant two acres of corn and you've got a lot of raccoons, probably not going to make it. If you plant three acres of corn and you've got bears and raccoons, probably not going to make it. If you've got way too many deer and you're trying to plant five acres of beans, probably not going to make it. Yep. If you've got, you know, if, if you've got that, all those problems, plant wheat. Yes. And hope that Thank you. Right now, it's pretty mild. It's almost up into the 60s this week here in yep. Missouri. And, and if we had wheat, like just good, solid stands of wheat, we did have super dry fall, we would have great late-season hunting. I killed two does just the other night that were um, that were in eating cereal grains. And I think that's um, what people overmiss is like, I mean, o- overlook. Like, late season, does everyone want grain? Yes, but your your success isn't limited to whether you have it or not. Cereal yeah. grains in so many areas is enough. 
And cereal yeah. grains are so darn easy to to get to grow. Like it's it's not crazy hard to have just one. I mean, hundred pounds to the acre drilled. You can broadcast, and, and if you have that, and late season food is limited. And I and I will say this too: more people have early season food than people have late season food in most neighborhoods. And so if you want to stand out among the crowd, just think wheat. Think winter hearty oats, cereal rye. It can literally be that simple. And yeah. you're, you'll do very, very well. You'll stand out and you'll have the food source even if you can't get – you don't have the equipment to, to make um, soybeans and corn work in your ear. It's okay. Late season does not have to revolve around that. Heck, Adam, we've killed deer – on clover in December in our area. Yeah, you got a little warm front in in the in December and sure can do it. I've I've witnessed deer pile into tell you how limited food source was. I've witnessed twenty eight deer and back in those days for my county was crazy amounts of deer. Uh, twenty eight deer in a hay field that got drilled with ryegrass. Mm-hmm. And deer were coming in there and eating it. Now, I'm not saying ryegrass is an incredible food source and that you should plant it, but I'm saying that it was little tender green coming up and the deer were hammering it. It was so, enough. Like, it, it yeah, was enough. It, it, it could be a combination of saying, I don't have a ton of food plots, but I'm going to turn all my food plots into a heavy wheat or winter annual mix, and then I'm also going to do a bunch of cutting close by so I have a mm-hmm. ton of woody browse available. And and this too is like I think with a point to talk about in the in the podcast. If you're in moderate to heavy deer densities, and you don't ha- and you, you you planted turnips and radishes, and deer have wiped them out way too early before great bulb production, you're going into December, and and your your mind was like I'm going to have late season food, but you don't. It turned into a mud pit. You know, the first couple of weeks of December, and late when you actually got the cold weather, you ran out of food. Deer moved on. You've got to have the cereals mixed into that um, as a part of, let's say, that that food plot for true late season opportunities. Mm-hmm. I, yep. I just I want people to really consider their approach, and as as our lives have changed, not only with business but with families and everything, um, time ha- has definitely changed and shifted, and so. We have, you know, say, reevaluated uh, approaches and opportunities. Let's say to whether it's hunt here locally, travel, all those things. But it's like, I just want the most success possible in the limited time frames we have. So let's try and bank on the time frames where there, you can have the most influence and control over it. And I know that hit home with a lot of people because they're like, "Well, heck, that's me too." Then, then do some planning early on. Produce the food sources where you can have successful hunts and opportunities, good looks at deer early into the season, first two, three weeks of season, whenever you open up, as well as late season. Let's say second week of December on to the rest of season. It's just a matter of time, but deer will be on their feet on those food sources if you treat it right, keep it low pressure. Those are some serious opportunities and often overlooked. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think late season is a great one if you can stay warm. And um, it is probably the most overlooked because 
if you've hunted hard, late season seems like lost hope and you're burned out. Um, but if you've played your cards right, it really is probably the best chance at success if you have the right property. No. Meaning you have the right plan in place and you've implemented it months prior. And man, if you've learned anything about the Land of Legacy podcast, you know that success comes months or years mm, prior. For sure. And and so this is your call, you know, right now. And it's not even too late in a lot of places to put out cereal rye right now and plant. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. You can plant that. And who knows? It start, you get, especially if you're down south, you start getting some a little bit of rain and some warm temps, it's going to start germinating. So by the end of the end of the month um beginning january you could already have a food source you you said something there that was earlier with regards to the rut of like you never know what deer going to show up and all of a sudden boom there there's a new deer i think that late season is just as good of an opportunity so literally if you're putting all your eggs into a basket um for for your best successes um Late season is a fantastic opportunity to see deer that you have never seen before just show up. And all of a sudden, they just literally settle in. It's not the rut where they're here for two days. They're locked down with the doe. You saw them on camera a couple times, and boom, they're gone, never to be seen again. It's, hey, they showed up to that food source. They showed up on camera, and now they're back every single night until hopefully you harvest it. But, like, this can pull from from hundreds and hundreds of acres around you this can pull from miles around you you know if you understand your neighborhood and what is truly limited from a late season standpoint so don't think that just the rut's your only opportunity to pull in something from you know what's around you late season i would say is a far better look because they're going to be there more often more consistently than just the rut when they blew in and blew right back out yeah Exactly, man. I hope late season is not overlooked in the future by many of our listeners. Yep, yep. Springtime planting and planning is is that ticket. But, um, guys, consider it. Plan for late season. It is a great time to be successful. And hopefully, Adam, we're going to be successful um, in the next couple weeks up here in Iowa as we plan for that. So, guys, be watching for those updates. And, um the HuntWorks crew has been laying them down this year, so there's a lot of good content hitting um, the HuntWorks channel, and some of the uh, the YouTube videos are, are doing extremely well. So we appreciate all the support there. Um, but, guys, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Get out there. Be successful. Be safe. We appreciate you listening. We'll catch you next week. Yeah.